Welcome to another edition of Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat. It is Dave Taylor. Thanks for joining us. Big episode today. A lot happened this week because every day it's like, I'm going to record a show because we got a lot to talk about. The more things would happen. So we're going to compile them all into this episode. And thanks for checking out Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat, FM 99 to 106.9 The Fox's only wrestling podcast. You can find us on those websites, FM99.com or 1069thefox.com under the media tab. You can also find us on many different podcast apps. Just search ESPR Wrestling on like Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, SoundCloud. We're all over the place. Spotify. Some of those places you can leave a nice five-star review. That would be great. If you want to give us the Dave Meltzer, we would appreciate that. Thanks for checking us out. Again, social media, you can find us Facebook and Twitter at ESPR99. And you can always email us, too, if you want to go old school, ESPR at FM99.com. So without further ado, uh, we are going to get into AEW's revolution. We will do that. Uh, but a couple of big stories here, and one we're going to keep an eye on as uh, we're recording, is uh, news that uh, came out a couple of days ago that uh, Scott Hall suffered a broken hip. Yeah, this uh, happened uh, a couple of days ago. And uh, he had hip surgery a few days after that, so he was in the hospital in Marietta, Georgia. And uh, the reports coming in as of 2 o'clock this afternoon is that Scott Hall suffered three heart attacks last night. So he had the hip replacement surgery last week, but then suffered a very serious complication where a blood clot got loose. And wishing him the best right now. Uh, but this, is a, this story is all over the place. Uh, CNN has picked it up. Um, New York Post has picked it up. Uh, TMZ has picked it up as well. And uh, just wishing him the best. And uh, just hoping that, uh, you know, something could change here. But uh, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, you know, you know came to be uh, big in the, uh, in the 80s with uh, AEW. If uh, some of you go back that far. But uh, he was in AEW for uh, for a few years. And then he went to WCW before he came to WWE. Now, <laughs> in his uh, career, he was called the uh, Diamond Stud in World Championship Wrestling. That was in uh, 1989. But uh, yeah, from 85 to 89, he was... Uh, they called him Magnum Scott Hall, or this big Scott Hall. He wrestled as a, a babyface. And he uh, formed a tag team with Kurt Henning. And they uh, teamed up and even won the AEW Tag Team Championships in 1986. So 1989, he, uh, he came to WCW for a little bit. And he wrestled as Scott Gator Hall. Uh, but he, he didn't last long there in WCW. Then he kind of went around the circuit a little bit, even had a trial in WWE. Uh, he didn't sign with them. And then in 91, he came back to WCW, and he was renamed the Diamond Stud. So it's it kind of locked, uh, like a lot uh, like uh, Rick Rude's character and stuff. And believe it or not, and uh, like I said, if you, if you go back this far, uh, he was managed by Diamond Dallas Page. This is when Diamond Page was managing before DDP got into wrestling. And uh, he lasted there for a while. He even had a, a brief uh, tag team with uh, Vinny Vegas, uh, Kevin Nash, if you will, later to be Diesel, and, and uh, Scotty Flamingo, 
who we would later know as Raven. And they are all members of uh, Poly Dangerously Dangerous Alliance. Uh, and then after that, he left WCW. And then uh, he would go to WWE in 1992. And he had these uh, great uh, vignettes. You know, and uh, you know, it's kind of kind of like uh, like a Tony Montana, uh, you know, um, like Scarface kind of thing. You know, driving the car, he had the toothpick and everything. Uh, one of my favorite vignettes was he was at the uh, restaurant, and he got a bill, and he's upset about the bill, and he's like, "You expect me to pay this? Uh, you, you know, you want me to clear the table too?" And he, and he uh, cleared the table, and uh, you know, it was a great heel gimmick. He uh, came in fast. I uh, made a debut just in August of 92. And then a couple of weeks after that, he played a, a big part. He got a big push of um, helping Ric Flair defeat Randy Savage for the WWF title. And that uh, that started a feud with uh, Razor Ramon and Savage. And then uh, he had the big match at Survivor Series with uh, Flair and Ramon teaming up to take on Savage and then it was initially going to be the war. He ended up being uh, Mr. Perfect. And then uh, he had the uh, the big match. Um, believe it or not, I guess apparently Hart was going to fight the Warrior at the Rumble, but uh, ended up being a Razor Ramon fighting the uh, the Warrior. And then, um, of course, he didn't win, but then he had, he had the big match against WrestleMania 9 where he defeated Bob Bachlin, which was probably one of the <laughs> better matches of Mania, WrestleMania 9. Not a great show, uh, but uh, but fans were cheering for him. Then they had the one, two, three kid uh, match on Raw, which um, jump started that uh, career uh, for for the kid, if you will. And then uh, Ramon went to babyface, and then uh, I was in person SummerSlam '93, where a babyface Razor Ramon uh, defeated Ted DiBiase in Ted DiBiase's final match ever for WWE as a wrestler. Uh, that uh, show, or I should say, that match kicked off. SummerSlam 93, and after a couple of years in WWE, uh, he goes to WCW, The Outsiders, NWO. And uh, just wish nothing for the best of this guy. Um, but just, uh, you know, a guy that uh, just has had a heck of a career, heck of a life, and just uh, wishing him nothing but the best. And uh, I know he's had some troubles throughout the years and everything else, and uh, just uh, hoping that... Um, you know, he can make it happen. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that uh, today. Another uh, big injury uh, happened Friday night on SmackDown was Big E. Big E suffered a broken neck, a, a very scary spot, where uh, Ridge Holland attempted to uh, give like a belly-to-belly to Big E, threw him over. Big E landed on his neck and uh, broke his neck. Thankfully... As they stretched him out, uh, he gave a thumbs up, and then he gave a report later on just saying his neck was broken, but he's got all his extremities. Does not need surgery, which is good, but uh, will be out uh, for at least three months. And then, uh, you know, you got to wonder if, if this is going to uh, hurt uh, Ridge Holland's push in this world. It's a very scary situation, uh, and we don't know what this means for Big E as well. Um, a lot of people are saying if he does come back, you know, he needs to come back as serious Big E. But uh, we'll see, too, what happens to Rich Holland in this situation. Um, but 
However, for Rich Holland, he, he may have a new tag partner, or maybe this is something that changes because uh, Pete Dunne made his debut on SmackDown on Friday night, but uh, he was not called Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne has a new name because, uh, you know, as Vince McMahon does, if you have a name, we're, we're going to change it because uh, this way I can market it. I can make money off of it and everything else. So Pete Dunne is now known as Butch. And he was outside the ring there. Then after the match, when uh, Sheamus pinned Kofi Kingston, Butch uh, beat up Kofi some more. And they and they tried to get and Sheamus and uh, Rich Holland tried to get to uh, stop to get uh, Butch to stop, but he kept going back. So just solidifying the fact that he's a heel, everything else, and he's no longer Pete Dunne. So all the years he knew him as uh, Pete Dunne in NXT UK and NXT, it's. Uh, it's no more. But I do think, and they did say that Butch was his nickname, so we'll see what comes out of this, that working with Sheamus is going to work out for him over time. It'll, it'll get him more familiar with the casual fan. Is it the best name? It could be worse, right? Could be worse. Anyways, wishing Biggie the best, um, you know, with Ridge. Uh, you know, I, I guess... You know, things happen, everything else. Um, and thankfully, Biggie's all right. That situation could have been a lot worse. And uh, that leaves Kofi on his own now because uh, Xavier Woods hurt as well. So just uh, a lot going on there, WWE, this week. And um, just uh, wishing uh, Biggie the best. It is great to see the support that Biggie is getting all across the wrestling world. And uh, Ridge Holland did go see him in the hospital over the weekend, too. A couple of other uh, debuts in WWE, uh, not only uh, Pete Dunne, but now, and this explains why he lost the title this past week, Braun Brecker is now part of WWE main roster. That's right. Uh, he wrestled in uh, Columbus, Georgia. Last night, teaming up with Riddle, defeating uh, the Dirty Dogs, uh, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode. So those, uh, so that's uh, what's happening with uh, Braun Breaker now. Uh, Becky Lynch, by the way, and we haven't seen her in a little while. Why? Well, because she got injured. She was injured at a house show for a couple of days because she had a broken larynx. Now, she did wrestle. Last night in Columbus as well, but it was a tag team match. Uh, teaming up with Dewdrop, Queens, Lena, Carmella, taking on Rhea Ripley, Leah Morgan, and Bianca Belair in a handicap match. And um, she did miss Raw on Monday uh, with the injury, but uh, she was backstage at the show. So we should probably see her on Monday night. Uh, there was some concern with the injury that maybe she was going to miss uh, WrestleMania, but uh, everything seems to be all right. And it's not like she wrestled a big part last night. It was probably just, uh, you know, kind of see how it goes. Why well, was a big tag match and probably wasn't heavily involved in that particular match. But, uh, yeah, it was just uh, last Sunday where she got injured at a triple threat match with Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. So a lot of injuries going around. And, uh, whew, you know, WrestleMania season, you know, you don't want some of these guys missing out. Uh, let's jump gears to AEW Revolution, which took place uh, last Sunday. And uh, a lot of people love this show. I'm going to give you the good. I'm going to give you the bad. And because uh, there's some things where I'm just 
scratching my head at some of the things that went down here. I will say this. Uh, this was, you know, usually like WWE shows, I can like nail like the predictions. I only got two wrong here. And, and one of them was only because even though what happened with uh, one of the characters that was in the match, which of that part I got right, um, I still thought that uh, the result was going to be the way it was, but it didn't turn out to be that way. We'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, but we'll go with the uh, pre-show matches here. Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander. And this is one of the matches I got wrong. I actually thought that Chris Statlander was going to win this match, but the Layla uh, playing the heel role, uh, cheating the win, uh, finding a part underneath the ring. Because that, that's where all the stuff is, underneath the ring. Uh, hitting a Chris with that and then uh, doing the... Uh, I like the moonsault because she's not just shooting off the turnbuckle, but coming off the ropes and uh, hitting that. Um, which, by the way, this match nearly went 10 minutes. And this was the third shortest match of the night. You got a lot of wrestling for your dollars uh, on this show. And uh, it was just uh, a lot of wrestling. And then up next, Hook versus QT Marshall. All right, well, there's, there was no surprise here. Uh, QT Marshall playing the heel role uh, and Hook winning. It just seems weird. I mean, you know, I, I, both of the guys still kind of knew, um, but uh, it was pretty obvious Hook was going to win. And then you had House of Black, Mikalakai Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews taking a pack, uh, Penta Score, and Eric Redbeard. Yes, uh, Eric Rowan from WWE, who showed up uh, this last uh, week. In AEW, part of the match, um, okay, here's my complaint. At times, this almost seemed like a tornado tag match, and that match was scheduled later in the card. Uh, it just, this is one of the problems I got with AEW. If you're going to give me a tag match, give me a tag match. Don't give me guys who are in the ring for a very long period of time. It's just, I know people love it. Um, I don't like it. And uh, it's just, and the reason being is, is that if it's a tag match, Give me a tag match. I don't need guys uh, in the ring. And then it was really weird how Eric uh, Redbeard uh, tagged himself in the ring. <laughs> he was in the corner. I don't know if it was just a botch there. Uh, timing was off. Or he was in the wrong spot. Uh, and then the ending comes uh, with a black spring, the mist, and Redbeard's eyes. So, hey, Eric, let's go to AEW. And then we're going to have you lose your uh, first match um, on the uh, <laughs> on the buy-in. Um I know some people liked it. I didn't like it. Just, just too much going on in the ring. You know, you, you know. Just give me if you, if you tag in and give me the move. Don't, don't have guys just standing in the ring, waiting for something to happen. Uh, this has been my problem with with AEW uh, since the beginning with some of these tag matches, and that was just a uh, a big problem there. But the House of Black is your winner. So then we go to the main show, and I will say this: I. Uh, the order of the matches uh, and the placements of some of these uh, didn't make a lot of sense to me, or some of them. Now, the show opener turned out to be this match. Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. And uh, a good showing for Eddie Kingston. You know, Kingston uh, tapping out Jericho with the stretch plum. And then, of course, you had uh, the follow-up on Wednesday with uh, Jericho and Jack Hager. You know, leaving the inner circle and, and you know, hey, it's, it's another new faction in AEW. That, that's a big shock. But, uh, but yeah, so those guys, which I kind of knew, that, that uh, predicted that Kingston was going to win and then uh, Jericho would be out of the inner circle at some point. I know he's going to take Jack Hager with him, but I forget that the guy's there, and I think a lot of people do too. But, um, there you go. Kingston wins. Try to shake Jericho's hand. 
because Jericho said, if you beat me, you know, like you shake my hand, but that didn't happen. And the course, it led to everything that happened on Wednesday. All right, what's next? In a three-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, champions Jurassic Express, the team of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, take on Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, and the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. All right, this is a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, you, you do get some crazy stuff, but uh, here you go again, a three-way tag match. Uh, you know, everybody in the ring at the same time. Uh, no, the tornado match is later in the card, but you got uh, Jurassic Express winning this one. Um, you know, I, I, my only side guess was Red Dragon was going to win uh, if only Adam Colt was going to win later on. That didn't happen, obviously. Spoiler alert. Uh, and then Young Bucks don't need the title. Uh, there just seems to be so many guys in the UWC. You got Brandon Cutler out there uh, during the match as well. Uh, but um, a lot of stuff going on in that match. But uh, Jungle Boy Luchasaurus, your winners after they pin Matt. And uh, Nick cannot break up the pin. How can he not be in the ring when that was going on? Anyways, um, but uh, yeah, winners still champions, Jurassic Express. In the face of the Revolution Ladder match for a future AEW TNT Championship match, the participants include Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Ward Lowe, Christian Cage. All right, a lot going on in this particular match. Uh, by the way, uh, Orange Cassidy was injured in this match, suffered a uh, arm injury when he was thrown out of the ring by... Keith Lee during this match. But uh, you had uh, just a lot going on. Uh, but then this is where it gets a little silly. You know, if you're going to complain about WWE silliness, uh, Dan Housen showing up during the match. Um, you know, so you got a lot of outside stuff going on. Uh, Cage, um, whew, man, taking one heck of a uh, powerbomb by uh, Wardlow there. And then Wardlow uh, winning the match, knocking Starks off the matter, off the ladder. And then grabbing the big brass ring to win the match. Are they going to really stick with this brass ring? You know, uh, I mean, it's been three years now. And then, you know, I guess with the whole, you know, McMahon thing or whatever else, I guess, I guess that's what it's going to be. So uh, we'll find out, by the way, on Wednesday, you know, uh, Wardlow uh, facing off for the TNT championship. And, uh, of course, uh, we now know that's uh, Scorpio. Jade Scorpio is now your new uh, TNT champion. And, of course, this is where the whole MJF thing is like, eh, you know, coming into play. We'll get to that later on in the card. Uh, then uh, Tony Zavati made an announcement that uh, Shane uh, Swerve Strickland is now part of uh, AEW. So he's a big part of AEW there. Uh, that's no surprise. For the AEW TBS Championship. Jade Cargill defends her title against Tay Conti. Probably not one of the better matches of the night. Jade's getting better. And a pretty short match uh, came to it. Uh, the shortest match of the pay-per-view. And the only match of the pay-per-view that was under 10 minutes, by the way. And, um, you know, of course, everybody like all reacted because of the big kiss at the beginning with uh, Cargrell and, and Conti. But uh, Jade wins. And uh, no surprise there. In case you're wondering, by the way, in her undefeated streak, uh, 29-0. In a dog collar match, CM Punk versus MJF. So this match, I thought, this match I thought would be later in the card uh, with uh, Punk and uh, MJF. And we knew this was going to be big. So if you're confused on uh, MJF coming out to Punk of uh, or, uh, Punk's uh, cult of personality, and then you're like, well, what's going on? And then... Punk came out to Masira Kentara by uh, AFI. 
But, uh, yeah, pretty bloody match. Uh, no surprise here. Uh, a lot going on. And then towards the end, of course, MJF, he, uh, he wanted, uh, you know, Wardlow to come down. And then, uh, you know, could not find the, uh, the dynamite diamond ring. And then uh, MJF uh, got hit with a chain from Punk. And then the um, Wardlow put the, uh, the ring in there and then uh, set it on the apron. Punk grabbed it. Get MJF, and that was the end of the match. So yeah, Wardlow turning face on this, which uh, we knew was coming at some point. Uh, this is the other match I got wrong on the card because I thought maybe he would, you know, uh, turn after the match or attempt to help out Punk, uh, but then Punk, you know, inadvertently loses and stuff. Because I still thought MJF uh, should win this match, but uh, but Punk ended up winning it, and then um, so obviously MJF's going to feud with Wardlow, and I'm trying to figure out what's next with Punk. Uh, but that feud is over. So a lot of feuds ending for the most part, except... For the AEW Women's World Championship, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defends her title against Thunder Rosa. Yeah, this match here, um, I didn't like it. And here we go again with uh, Britt Baker and all the interference and everything else. Uh, another thing I didn't like about this match was that, um, you know, if you're going to curb stop somebody, uh, usually finishes the match, especially if you have them... Do it on the title. See, that should have been the end of the match. Maybe not at that point. Maybe just a regular curb stop. And then uh, later on, when Baker hit the curb stop a second time, like maybe have that on the title. Uh, or just have that be the second time. So that that kind of frustrated me a little bit with that. Uh, but a lot of interference. You know, where so many times Rosa should have won. And um, but you knew this, that, that wasn't going to happen. And Brett Baker retains. John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Well, we knew this was going to be a pretty good match uh, between these guys. And, you know, Dan O'Brien wrestling the style we get to see. And then, you know, Moxley doing this. Uh, this match could have been maybe a little shorter. I mean, look, a lot of long matches, three matches over 20 minutes on a pay-per-view. Uh, but uh, John Moxley winning this match. Brian Danielson not happy with the fact that he lost. These guys are brawling again. And lo and behold, William Regal shows up at the end of this match. Uh, you know, the announcers lose their mind. And then uh, Regal, and he gets to Daniel Bryanson and, and John Moxley to stop fighting. And it's a new thing coming forward. Uh, we did see Regal speak on Wednesday, which, by the way, there was a story making around about Regal's health, which uh, he denied. So if you're jumping on the internets and making comments like, WWE did this or that or whatever, um, Regal denied uh, that story. Right there, but uh, John Moxley, your winner. In a six-man tornado tag team match, the Andrade Hardy family office featuring Andrade El Idolo, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Casti take on Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen. All right, this match should have been earlier in the card. Uh, you, if you have this kind of match before your main event, um, there's a problem here because you got everything going on. In these kind of, in this kind, this match shouldn't have been over ten minutes. Um, but uh, you got three guys teaming up against three guys, and it wasn't even like a big feud of any kind. There's, there wasn't like a payoff match. I mean, what, what do you go from here? You know, this, this is kind of like, you know, the equivalent of, uh, you know, when Shane McMahon fought Kevin Owens in the hell in the cell, and you're like, well, but there's no payoff here. This is the first match of the feud. You, you, you can't start a feud that way. And you, you pigeonhole yourself into these gimmick matches. And, and this here was just ridiculous. Didn't need to be done. I know everybody went nuts because uh, Sting did a crazy uh, spot 
going through three tables and stuff. Hey, why he did it, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I guess a 60-year-old man going through tables and stuff, it's just, it's just insane. But uh, no surprise there that um, Darby Elling uh, helping winning the match, performing a uh, Scorpion death drop onto Hardy with a chair. And then winning with a coughing drop in that match, which uh, set up Chris Andrade and uh, Matt Hardy, you know, getting to it on Wednesday. And then Jeff Hardy showing up, although dancing first before helping to save his brother, which has become a great meme. But uh, it just become a spot fest, you know, which I, I know, like, I, I get it. These types of matches does protecting a little bit. But why were these guys fighting uh, Billy Gunn and, and the Gunn brothers? Why wasn't that, like? On, on this match, like that kind of gimmick for that match would have made sense with everything going on there. Uh, so I just didn't like it. I know everybody went crazy for the spots, but, uh, but there's really nothing to get behind. You know, this is like the days of the old independence where, you know, the opening match of the card was like, you know, five people going through tables and everything else. Go, okay, well, what do you do for the next match? Because you just give me all this crazy stuff. Where do you go from there? So didn't like that. Sorry. In the main event of the evening for the AEW World Championship, Hangman Adam Page defends his title against Adam Cole, baby. And that to me, uh, this uh, took out all the luster for this match. Uh, this was a long match, uh, great match from Adam Cole, a decent match from Adam Page. You know, you kind of forget he's a champion sometimes. And, uh, you know, that buckshot lariat that uh, Page does uh, is crazy stuff. And then... Um, of course, uh, you know, Cole getting tied in the ropes at the end, all the super kicks, uh, super kicks from Page, and everything else, and then uh, hit the uh, you know the boom, and then another uh, buckshot Larry to retain the championship. And there you go. Now you knew that, uh, of course, Red Dragon was getting get involved um, because you know it just can't have you know people complain about the Usos coming in every match. Uh, look what goes on here in AEW. You know, look at all the stuff of the Britt Baker matches. If we could just not get that. Every single match, even every Roman match, doesn't have the Usos getting involved somehow. But uh, but there you go. Decent show. Probably one of the better AEW shows. Uh, easily predictable, yes. Um, but you know, but we say that about WWE shows. If you deliver on the story, then that's fine. You know, if I know how it's going to end, that's that's fine. You know how the movie's going to end, right? You go to the movies. You expect uh, you know you expect the good guys uh, to win. You know, but how, how do we get there? That is the important thing. How many tables are we going to break? How many, how many uh, people are going to interfere? Uh, and that is one problem I do have uh, in AEW as well is, like, and I know it's a common thing. It's, it's a crutch in wrestling. Uh, but there's just so many matches with outside interference. Um, and we got, it. I think, about half of these matches for Revolution. Uh, and this, sometimes it just does get to be a bit too much. Like the, the roster depth is there. You got them. I, I guess you might almost use these guys. You know, I know, you know, they didn't do the battle Royal, uh, you know, for this particular show, they did do the ladder match, but uh, usually when they got so many guys, it's like, hey, we're just going to throw you out of the battle Royal and two of you guys are going to matter. And everybody else is just getting on the card. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of people on the show, a lot of people enjoyed the show. Uh, like I said, it's a fun show. And, um, you know, a good good pay-per-view from AEW if you want to check it out. So uh, there you go. AEW's uh, Revolution. 
a success. Uh, the band, uh, I should say the band, uh, the uh, tour of AW uh, hitting Detroit for the first time. Ticket sales going really well. You also have you have some going in LA too, selling tickets there as well. So uh, uh, business uh, going good in the AW side. Um, you know, but this is the first time in those markets. A lot of people are like, "Oh my gosh, it's huge!" And they're going, "You know, they never sold this many tickets at the venue before." Uh, first time out there, I would expect them to do good. Come back in six months, and then come back in another six months. Let me know how it goes, and I hope it goes well. And uh, we'll see. You know, I just uh, but can we be nicer? And the gosh darn internet's with the wrestling. You like what you like, man. You're going to complain what you're going to complain, but don't trust the other organization. I mean, this is a good time to be a wrestling fan. And uh, I saw the story, by the way, about female athletes, and I'm talking about trolling here. And who receives the most hate online? And the numbers with this were, were staggering because, and I'm going to bring up the uh, the article here, of who gets the most hate online. And this may surprise you. All the athletes in the world and the most trolled are Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. They were named the most, tr most trolled female athletes. And uh, there's a website called Bonus Finder, and they listed the top 10 most trolled female athletes. So, like, Simone Biles was ninth on the list. Serena Williams was third on the list. 75% of the tweets were negative. But the top two, Becky Lynch at 76%. So 6,600 of 8,000 tweets, 8,700 tweets were negative. And Ronda Rousey, 5,000 tweets, 4,100 of those were negative because people like to be a-holes on the Internet. No need for that. Yeah, uh, Paige Van Zandt, by the way, who uh, just signed with AEW, did not make the top 10, but uh, she had a low number of tweets, but 73% of her tweets were negative. And uh, people just love jumping on that stuff. Just, I don't know, man. I'm not going to tell you to be nice, but just uh, just ridiculous. Just enjoy wrestling for what it is. Uh, by the way, uh, big comeback also this week in wrestling. We do know that... Uh, Steve Austin, who cut an amazing promo. Check it out on her page at 1069thefox.com or f99.com under the media tab, ESPR Wrestling. Kevin Owens issued a challenge inviting Steve Austin to come to Mania and come out and, you know, let's do the KO show. Austin accepted, and Austin, I tell you what, man, guy can still cut a great promo. Which, by the way, uh, Raw on Monday, um, Go watch the tag team match with RK Bro, Alpha Academy, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens. A 40-minute match. Fantastic. Uh, you know, if you got the show on Hulu, go watch it. It was incredible. Uh, probably the best Raw match I think we've had all year. They just put on an amazing match. Uh, many segments. Uh, and the crowd really, really loves RK Bro. And I'm glad they didn't break up these guys. I, I, think, I think you still got something there. And... Um, it, you know, the pop for that match, it, it was, it was, the crowd was into it. Uh, just, just check it out. Um, you know, the Alpha Academy, you know, hopefully they got some sort of involvement at Mania. We'll see. Uh, on the Usual side, by the way, for tag team championships, uh, they're going to be defending against Rick Boogs and, uh, and Shinsuke Nakamura. That played out on SmackDown. 
on uh, on Friday and stuff. And then you got uh, Rhea Ripley and uh, Liv Morgan joining the women's tag team match uh, against uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi and uh, Queen Zelina and Carmella for me. And you'll see anybody else gets added to that. But uh, in WrestleMania, wow, it's coming up in just a couple of weeks. So that's your show for this week. I say a lot going on in wrestling. And uh, you appreciate all the messages as well. Again, you can find us on Facebook, ESPR99, uh, Twitter as well. And uh, we try to share a lot of content. And that way, too, if you missed, like, some of the shows, like AEW, uh, you know, Dynamite, or, uh, you know, of course, Raw or SmackDown, we do uh, post the highlights to uh, a lot of things that are happening on that show. And you can see some of the big stuff, like the Austin promo. You can check that out. Our uh, Steve Regal showing up last week in Revolution. Again, it's uh, Facebook, Twitter, ESPR 99. Of course, at Fox uh, and FM 99 websites, 1069fox.com and FM99.com. You can always email us, ESPR at FM99.com. And you can find us anywhere. I don't know how you found me today, but I appreciate it. Uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify. If you can, then some of those apps leave us a review. We'd appreciate that. Uh, we've had some big shows in the past. It's some big stuff coming up in 2022 as well so thanks for listening appreciate it and make sure you eat sleep podcast and repeat i am dave taylor thanks for joining us for this episode